Wink Tip. Good afternoon. It is February 12th, 2024. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Leonos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? Patrick Mahomes, MVP again. I'm going to take my little victory lap that that was the, the bet I said to make. If you uh, had any interest in uh, in the Chiefs winning, just like, well, just bet Mahomes. He's the one that's going to win MVP. And for most of the game, it sure didn't look like uh, the Chiefs were going to win it. It did not look like Mahomes was going to be the MVP, but whew, he is inevitable. And every, every day, it seems like he gets a little closer to Tom Brady in that you're just scared. When he has the ball, it doesn't matter how much time. It's that's too much time. Why'd you give Mahomes this much time? And just it's just you give him so many chances, and sooner or later he's gonna burn you. Well, as you said, it wasn't a complete game by him. I wouldn't say it was a dominance by by really either team. It, it was a pretty slow start to the game. I, I think we were gonna remember this as a pretty exciting game. You know, Super Bowl overtimes. There's only a limited number amount of times that has happened. But really, the first half of this game is. It's pretty rough. Like the rewatch on this was, was real slow. Not a whole lot of action. You're kind of just waiting for this flash in the pan, this firework of something, some sort of Debo McCaffrey special or some sort of long shot for Rashi Rice. And it, it nothing really gets going. The, the the drama of the first half, that at least that I wrote down in my notes, is the Travis Kelsey versus Andy Reid aggressive shoving of, of, a, of a story that I'm still not even able to really put together that – Kelsey was benched on the play that they fumbled and somehow felt like that was someone else's fault. And as well as if he was in there, this was a preventable thing. I, I don't really recall anyone getting this physical with a coach in this critical of a game. I'm sure they have a good enough relationship that it's really no harm done, but it was still a little weird to see from the sideline. I don't recall ever seeing anything like this. And if you were to go and ask all the Patriots of all the Super Bowls they attended, the amount of times they wish they had done that to Belichick, they just wouldn't have done. It just wouldn't have done it. So, like, is this is this anything, or is this just like they won? We'll just brush past this because I was a little weirded out by this, and they kind of go really quick in the broadcast of like, all right, let's just get back to the game. It's acting like nothing happened. You know, it's like, well, that just happened. That seemed crazy at the time. Is this something or nothing to you? I I think it's nothing. They just won the Super Bowl last year. They've been working together for for a long time, and. We, we've seen this before, and it seems like every time afterwards it comes out and both parties just play it down big time, and that's exactly what they did. It definitely helps that you win the Super Bowl. I think if they don't, it just seemed an odd time for Kelsey to be so upset. It was kind of early on, and just that level of, of being upset uh, didn't quite follow. But I, I think you said that it wasn't such an exciting uh, first half, but I think a big part of that was just the fumbles. That each time a team a team got close, there there was a turnover. It's super butterfingers. The whole first half, I was thinking this is a very sloppy game. This is supposed to be the two best teams in the league. This looks terrible. Or you could credit the defenses, of which the next note I wrote down of the first half drama is Greenlaw just just running onto the field, not on the field, not during a play, not during some sort of athletic you know accomplishment. It was just from the sideline to the field essentially tears his Achilles is that is that the news of today it's an awful that's that's what I was hearing yeah awful awful situation of you're not like I mean I guess if he goes hurt during a play you can feel a little bit better on it but to from the sideline just to get on the field and to then to cart it off and then the rest of the team to, to uh, either cat- e- either way just to get hurt in the Super Bowl but especially that way and then it just it really makes you wonder how how fragile 
How fragile are these these guys? You, you saw the replay, and there had to be a camera right there. And it, he just he just jumps and then goes to run onto the field. And there was nothing. There was nothing side to side. It didn't look. There there was nothing crazy. It's not explainable. I think this both defenses deserve a ton of credit. I want to credit them even more for kind of. Hey, next man up, you know, like this, this just happened. And it's like, what, what happened? Like, could you just imagine explaining to the next guy, like what just happened? He's like, oh, no, no, he, he, he's done. He's, he's getting, he's getting carried to the locker room right now. And you're just like, wait, what? This is the Super Bowl. We just prepared two weeks and he was a really big part of it. Like mm-hmm. not, not a, not a fun first half that they, they really handled though. I thought they did an excellent job kind of trapping Mahomes. I thought Romo was really good in demonstrating and reminding us all that it's really hard to kind of contain Mahomes and that they're the pocket is almost like you don't want to chase him you kind of want to funnel him into one direction or another and he wasn't able to extend the plays to the time that I think he normally was on the sideline just just wasn't really getting anything going I mean Mahomes I think you could still argue Juwan Jennings could have been MVP this game outside of a somewhat miraculous overtime win for Mahomes this this wasn't a spectacular game for them I mean who is who's the real big offense for for Kansas City, I mean, Mahomes is what leading rusher, leading thrower. He's he's doing everything for them. It's 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 a one man job. But I, I'm not sure. It, it, the the debate of where Mahomes and Brady is going to be is is not going to be is not going to go away. I'm not really quite exhausted with it yet. I, I'm just wondering when everybody's going to suddenly turn on him, Mahomes, where it's like, all right, this guy's won too many. You know, like Tom Brady was cute for his first couple here. All right, late round pick, whatever. The Patriots never won. But by, by the last one, it was like, all right, we're sick of this guy. The whole world hates him. We can anoint him the GOAT, but nobody's going to like him. We're going to root against him as many times as we can. I, I don't know if I'm getting the same feeling from Mahomes right now, and I'm wondering, do you think that's going to eventually turn at some point? If the dominance continues? I, I, think it already, I think it already started this year, and I think you're really going to see it in earnest next year. It's it's also that I think they, they want to knock down – Brady so that they could just knock down Mahomes next it's like all right let's get this guy off the mantle we'll put this guy up and then we'll we'll just start throwing you know tomatoes or whatever at him and just start making making fun of him but it's it's really impressive man back-to-back Super Bowls it's not easy this was an ugly season for Kansas City this was not it's, it's certainly the outcome I think we predicted at the beginning of the season this isn't exactly how I thought they would do it getting there but let's get into the the overtime where I think there's a little bit more controversy in specifically Going forward on fourth, choosing to kick or receive, and the new additional rules of overtime, I, I think everyone's overanalyzed whether or not they should have chose to, to have the ball first or last and whether or not they should have kicked that field goal or just they should have gone for it on fourth. I think it's all easier to say this today than, than at the moment. I, I guess there's somewhat to a slight advantage to going second, but if your defense has just been on the field, I totally understand your offense going out first just to give a standard break. It, it seems like you'd want to have your, your defense a little bit more charged up when they're going to have to go against Patrick Mahomes in essentially a do-or-die situation. So I didn't think it was that that crazy. I, I also think if they if they go for it on fourth and they don't get it, all Mahomes needs is a field goal. So like everyone's like, oh, of course Mahomes is going to get a touchdown. I was like, well, if they didn't get it on fourth, all he was going to need was a field goal. This could have been over in three plays. I, I, I don't think it's really much to say I, I just I think they had to score a touchdown they didn't they had some decent plays on fourth there and maybe they could have ran something better but I I didn't really have that much problem with this if you were a team or, or the, the captain at, at the beginning of overtime here are you choosing to kick or receive 
it's brand new rules. I don't really care as much about the decision so much as that it came out afterwards that the Chiefs knew right at the beginning of the year the overtime rules are different uh, in the Super Bowl. They reviewed it, and you might think, oh, well, that's pretty you know, premature, but no. And then uh, ahead of this, they knew exactly what the plan was, what what they were going to do with the coin, uh, the coin flip, what they were going to do if they scored to tie the game, or if they scored, and then what they were going to kick to tie if they were going to go for two. And then the other side, the uh, 49ers saying, yeah, we, uh, we didn't really exactly know the rules. So I always think at the beginning of overtime, when the referee is going through and explaining, I thought that was for casual fans. I didn't realize that was for the players to actually explain, hey, this is how overtime works. I get that the rules are different, and I didn't fully understand them because it's for one game, and what are the odds that the Super Bowl goes to overtime? It's only happened once before this, so it wasn't fresh in my mind. But as a, as a player, maybe you're not doing it at the beginning of the year, but for sure in those two weeks leading up, some sort of conversation – this this kind of felt like you know when you're taking your your permit test or driver's license test and they want you to do the hand signals, you know the, the left right braking thing. Yep. It's yep. like you don't really like you don't really need to know this to drive, but you need to know this to pass the exam. It, it's like you forgot your hand signals. It's not really critical, but it was kind of important for this one time in this one game that ended up being the most important thing. So a little embarrassing, guys, to, to be that open of, of of not doing it. But again, I don't think the execution of this goes any different. If you're telling me they were going out there thinking like, yeah, let's just get three and then hope that we could stop them. It's like, no, they were going out there trying to score a touchdown. I don't think the mentality was really anything different. And I think you just got to credit Kansas City's defense for forcing them to go into a fourth down. It's, there was moments where I thought Purdy played very well in this. And even in the overtime, you know, the ball was moving. McCaffrey was moving. And, and then it felt like they were going to get in. It just couldn't punch it in at the red zone. And that's much more, I think, factoring in the decision of winning or losing than who got the ball first or whether or not they should have went for it. It's like there, were, there was a team that stopped you and then they went down and they scored. I, I, I think everyone wants to pick it apart. Do we have a problem with the overtime rules then? Like, should we just nominate these throughout the season to prevent a situation like this? Or is this more of like, Hey, we know the rule change. We've talked about it on this podcast. Maybe, maybe be a professional athlete and, and know your, your job rules. I don't, is that, is it too much to ask? Is that, or do we need to do this in There's- the regular season as well? There's no way a Bill Belichick team doesn't know what the, the the overtime rules are. Even in this one one game, they for sure would have would have known this. But I I I just, I just don't. How, how can you how can you not know that? I agree with you that I think whichever way it went, I think there's a slight advantage to going second because it turns all of your third downs into four. It's all four down territory because you have to score. But I. I also get during the year, you don't want to just have games that go on forever. And I am one of like the biggest anti-tie people that there is. But we decided we wanted an extra game. There's 17 games. So this was something that had to be uh, put, you know, all right, it's only, it's only 10 minutes. What I didn't get, and I'm trying to learn this on the fly, and it seemed like the announcers also might have been a little confused, was if the – I think you even said something. You are like, why are they not calling timeout? And then finding out if the clock had ran out, it was like the end of the quarter, not like the end of it. It, w- it wasn't like a basketball where it would just like, okay, we're going to second OT. This all refreshes. It just would have been like the next quarter, like the timeouts. You didn't have to say, you didn't have to say the time. It didn't reset. It would have just been. And so then it was like, well, 
why 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 are there why is there a quarter? Why is there, why is an there a clock? clock? Why is there a clock why at is all? There a clock? Because I'm watching the very the game winning play. It's first down, first and goal at what are they the five or something like that, and mm-hmm. the clock is ticking down. And I already kind of mentioned it when it was at three minutes. Like, hey, they have three timeouts. I know that they don't want to leave any time on the board if in case they end up kicking, but. Why? Why are we, we? It's first down. The clock's ticking. You could have four shots to this, and you're choosing to have one. And the only reason I thought they didn't call timeout was I think they liked what they saw in the defense, and they knew the play they were going to run was was more than likely worked, and it did work. But at the time, I'm watching it, thinking like, "Wow, they're betting everything on one play when they have three timeouts, and they could have four shots of this, and they're they're all in at one." And then the first time I said it, they they get it. It was just like like a, Im- immediately and. Then I find out, like you said, that the, the quarter just would have ended and they would have just advanced on. I'm not sure why there's a clock then, or why. What does it? What does it matter at all? Like, what, what, they didn't get. I a- mean, I guess, I guess it gives you time to show ads. Uh, I think one of the things that tipped me off is that there was no two two minute warning, so it's like, okay, this is kind of like the first quarter, and then, uh, so and I guess it would also, I imagine, would switch sides, but it's not like this is college in the student section is on one end and it has a huge difference. Like, it's, it's also not outside. I, I can imagine one side. Ver- well, yeah. One side versus the other. That's going Im- to impact a, a team. Yeah. It's also inside. It's not outside. There isn't like a wind of like, all right, well, it's going to be harder to kick this way. It's like the perfect conditions of, of, of Vegas. Uh, any, any other wild plays you want to talk about? Like did, did they, did Kansas, Kansas city win this off a of missed extra point? Is that, is that really what it boils down to? I mean, that one point I, right there. I don't think so, only because if Kansas City had needed to go for a touchdown earlier rather than just get the field goal, tie it up, I just think Mahomes would have just broke out the uh, broke out the Superman cape and just would have done it. No, no love for uh, Juwan Jennings getting MVP. Uh, even when he threw one, he caught one. That's that's quite a Super Bowl. It was cool. It, it was definitely it was definitely cool. But when you're on the losing team, no 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 chance. Uh, I think he got lucky on that uh, on that pass too. That thing was up in the air for a while, and McCaffrey made it happen afterwards. But oof, right? It was McCaffrey. No, who did he throw it to? I, yeah, yeah, he threw it to McCaffrey. I was a little concerned when it felt like it felt like Brock Purdy came out perfect in this game. Like he's just throwing it all over the place, and yet they put up no points on the board. And then the the first touchdown in the game is this pretty elaborate trick play that probably would have fooled any team in the, in the right scenario. Like it's just, it was wild. And it almost, it looked like it was going to fail three times and they somehow pulled it off. I, I was a little concerned about their, their offense when it was like, all right, th- this is the trick that they're going to have to pull to get a touchdown on this. And yet somehow, you know, Kansas City didn't pull any tricks. They only had three points in the first half. So I, I, I it was a weird game to feel like threatened by Mahomes, And yet it's like the evidence of the first half is like he had three points. This guy hasn't had a touchdown and basically it was scoreless for, the last four quarters of a football, like he doesn't score in the second half of the game before, he basically doesn't score in the first half of this one, and he's going to win his second straight Super Bowl and another MVP. Th- that's like some Brady masterpiece Belichick like game planning stuff of like we're just going to stretch this game out as long as we can, and if we have the ball last, we're going to do everything we're gonna we can, win. and we're going to win. I-, I think that's why this year and going into next year, there's going to be more general anti. Mahomes anti Chiefs is just all right. Now you guys, you've been to the Super Bowl a bunch of times, and this year you weren't even that good. They got destroyed on Christmas, and that's like at the end of the year. And going, what's happening here? They were the third seed in the AFC. Two teams had better records, and then they still knocked those teams off. 
made it to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl in overtime. And I think that you just keep beating other teams and that uh, sports hate that just ramps up. I don't think it's some sort of media narrative that you were saying that they're just trying to throw tomatoes at him to tear him down. I think it's just, it's going to, like, I'm going to be one of these people that before it's, ah, you know, my team's not good. Ah, Mahomes is up. Up, up and comer this team that has uh you know been terrible for a long time has uh been one of those teams that got snake bitten a whole bunch of times like oh yeah that that's cool yeah, good for you and now it's okay now you guys keep going and now you're not even taking the regular season seriously it appears so you just it's kind of a anybody but but Mahomes and the Chiefs all right let's do a couple big picture long-term stuff of way too soon for next season kind of questions and then we'll do the halftime show is Brock Purdy good enough to win a Super Bowl with the San Francisco 49ers? Yes. All right. So, like, why are we – like, we don't need to worry about this shit going into the next year. Like, this, this is your guy. You came real close. You went in overtime against Mahomes, which Mahomes may turn into, like, a Jordan-type guy where there's going to be – you know, Malone and Barkley never got championships because of what? They went through Jordan. Some of these guys are just not going to get Super Bowls. You know, it might be Josh Allen. It might be Joe Burrow. It might be whatever. Like, they're, they're just going to come – the losses are going to add up because of this one guy. And – if I'm the Niners, you ran into a buzzsaw and you had a really good team, and I don't think you really need to overthink anything going in the offseason. You say that, but they didn't They didn't run into a buzzsaw. I mean, you kind of think in your head, uh, Chiefs, Mahomes, and then you still, at least I still kind of think it was like, oh, you know, they you know, they got they got Travis Kelsey, they have Tyreek Hill. It's like they haven't even had Tyreek Hill for two years. And so this this game wasn't a buzzsaw. They only scored three points in the in, in, in the first half. If they ran into a, into a good team, sure, but it wasn't this absolute. They got there and got destroyed. It's that they got there and then McCaffrey fumbles on the on the, on the first drive and just you you easily could have been up more points. I don't think there's much more the Niners could do to be more prepared for a Super Bowl in a season. This team is loaded. I think the only thing you could maybe hope is that Debo's on the field for I don't know what sixty percent of the time and not just on and off fifty percent of the time. <laughs> And that was even, like, during the game. It was like, oh, yeah, here he goes again. Hey, he's back out. Hey, there, there he goes again. Hey, he's back. It's, it's like, on and off. It's like, is this serious? Like, I understand doing everything you can to get out there. But, you know, at some point, there's going to be a guy who can actually run a full lap that's going to be better off than the guy that's just constantly hobbling. I, I, mm-hmm. I, that's the one thing I think you could hope for going your way a little bit more of getting more out of him. I didn't think they got much out of Uke. I didn't think they got much. I mean, McCaffrey was pretty good. There wasn't much Kittle. I mean, they have so many of these names, so many of these threats that weren't really threats, at least at least aerially, and not not, not throwing wise. And I also keep hearing the the Gronk Kelsey sort of comparisons, and you know Gronk was not there for every Brady Super Bowl. And if I'm Kansas City, I, you got to kind of prepare to refill kind of the tank a little bit on that because I, I didn't think Kelsey was very good in the regular season. I thought he put together a good playoff run here, but. The the era without Gronk was very much a different offense, and the era without Kelsey here is going to be a very different offense. I know they gave up, as you mentioned, Hill, and they won two Super Bowls without him. That's that's crazy. That's that should never happen. But maybe not play around next year, and let's get this guy another receiver with Rice and something a little bit more reliable. I mean, this team led the league in drops this year and won the Super Bowl. How like that's that's crazy. That that's just, that should be like I'll, like think of that. Every other team in the league caught more passes than this team. And still didn't win the Super Bowl. That's- <laughs> who is having a uh, who's having a worse day today? Shanahan, who this is the third time calling plays in the Super Bowl, and he's had a double-digit lead and has lost. Uh, or is it Kadarius Tony, who 
I, I don't know, not like the premier wide receiver on the on the Chiefs, but all year for better or for worse was a impactful player. You know, not always in in a positive fashion. Who was a healthy scratch from the game? I, I think Tony is in way more of a difficult position to like. Again, this is this is a team that won the Super Bowl and they chose to not play you. Healthy scratch. They said we would be better off without you on the field. Yeah, not not even on the field. Like you, don't, I don't think he was at the game. Was he even there? What, what is I, he? What does he have to do there? I, what is he going to do on the sideline? I, I don't know if he's there in case someone else gets hurt like beforehand in like a practice if he'd be able to. Uh, but I think so. I, I got to imagine that he's there because I'm thinking, what if another wide receiver has a you know similar injury to the you know the defender? In practice, you know, the day before where Achilles just goes pop. I, I got to imagine he was there, but I don't know if he was in the stadium because it was earlier in the day they said, nope, nope, not playing. If you're Shanahan, I think it gets to a point where I'm almost kind of defending him like Doc Rivers of, yeah, right, he blew a bunch of 3-1 leads, but how many of these 3-1 leads was he supposed to have? Like, how many of these leads is he supposed to you know, win on? Like, he, he lost to Mahomes, he lost to Brady. What was the other one? He lost to Mahomes, Mahomes again. Mahomes twice. And they were all, they're that, all good games. All one possession. you're going to lose to. Like, I think all of those are one possession games. Like Mahomes, Silver to Brady. A lot of these Super Bowls are. Two are, of them went to overtime. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what are we, what are we say? You can't get any closer. <laughs> so, no, I'm not saying like he should be fired. That's what I'm saying. Like who's having the worst day today that you're just thinking. I was up two scores in a Super Bowl again, a third time. And it didn't uh, just couldn't get it done. I mean, I know a loss is a loss, but like I guess I'd rather I'd rather be in overtime with a chance to get a stop and win it than you know blown out in the first quarter. Or because we've had some pretty ugly Super Bowls. It's the, we've been fortunate that the, the Patriot ones have been in a lot of them, and those have <laughs> routinely been really really close and great games. But there's some duds every year. You know, these Mahomes ones are great. I'm 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 in for those, and. The Shanahan thing is, is isn't like it's something I don't think he'll ever get back to. I mean, he's already gotten there a couple times, and I don't think the rest of the league has really figured out how to be quite as successful as he has over the past couple of years with with the roster that he's put together. I mean, there's they're spending some money on this team, and I, I think they made some good moves. I mean, even the McCaffrey trade was that last year. The Chase Young thing this year that was kind of a freebie, and you know he may not be the name that we thought he would be, but within this roster, I thought he was still a pretty impactful player and definitely not somebody. It was definitely an improvement. So I, I wouldn't, it's going to hurt. It's going to sting. You're never going to get over it. This is never going to be okay. You're going to, no. you're going to lose sleep over that one extra point. There's be like, we could have been up one. The extra point, the, the punt that went off the guy's foot where initially I thought the, uh, the, the punt returner, just like, what in the world are you doing? And then you see the replay and it's just like, no, it just, a fluke situation where the guy's looking to block and when you're blocking, you can't know exactly where the ball is. And even if the punt returner is yelling to, you, you know, you get out of the way, get out of the way, you're, you're engaged and there's only so much movement you can do. And I, I saw some stuff on, on, on X saying, Oh, you know, he, he idiot. He tried, he tried to pick it up, but the way the ball bounced and when you're a skill position player, sometimes it's easier to just you, you use your hands, just, Scoop it up rather than try to jump on it. I don't think jumping on it is always the the the, the better play, especially for for the skill position guys. You you go to jump on it and it squirts out and gets all sorts of weird. But eh, just a, a few different times that the the Forty Nine ers I think just had bad luck go against them. Rough one. All right, you want to talk about the halftime show? 
Sure. Are we are we too much the target market of a of a two thousands halftime show that just felt very very two thousands? Oh, it was like oh okay. So this is this is specifically you, you know not necessarily for me but my era for sure. Like Usher and then Little John's in there. Alicia Keys. <laughs> Alicia Keys. And then ends with uh with Ludacris coming out, which I didn't know that that was happening at all. And as I'm watching it, I'm thinking like this is just. I've listened to all of this music, like in high school, going in, into college, and now wondering, do does anyone younger than me know that Ludacris is like a professional rapper and not a uh, a full time actor? Like this, this is where he started. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not a, a spy a, a spy hacker in in Fast and Furious. Yeah, no, he's he's very much a performer and an artist. It it I liked that it was on the field. I thought it felt like a little more like a, a real elaborate like kind of traditional halftime show not really like a stage and all that like it felt like this could have been done in a, a college element and it would have still been just as good i thought i thought that part was weird that it opened up and it was on the field so where, where, where where's the stage what's happening but then it moved to the stage and i i was i was cool i usher is one of those artists that i don't think his peak it's not a at a party of this Usher song like has to get played. I think like at any point, really. I mean, maybe like at the absolute peak. But all of his songs, or, like all the party songs, are like all above average. Where it's like I know that one. I like that one. I know that one. I like that one. Like keep keep it going. So I think it was perfect for uh, you know a halftime show of just above average uh, fun fun music. And I think that you're just gonna get people that don't like it because it's not the music that they grew up with. That's really the only beef I think you you could have with it. I thought he put on a good performance. I mean, he he's moving out there, right? I, I saw some jokes on on Twitter talking about how you know there's like 15 guys dancing in uh, in rollerblades, and Greenlaw can't even get on the field just running on. It's like, yeah, that's that's probably I, not. I messaged you. I said I want no part of rollerblading or roller skating on 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 a live performance, and I would consider myself. At least in you know above average, and I don't think everyone even knows how to roller skate. But that just seems like anything could go wrong. Just they're going backwards. I, I there's lights. I I was very impressed that they were able to pull that off. I I enjoyed this the song selection, but like I said, I think I was very much the familiar target market of. I I know all these songs. I don't know if everyone watching knew all these songs. So sorry to them, but. It was fun to see little John V back out there, and essentially nothing's changed. Sounded great. The energy was perfect. It was not what I expected at all, and almost surpassed kind of what I thought it would be of just being kind of a simple reunion of, of a certain era, and that's it's kind of what it should be. I felt like a lot of the commercials were that as well. We've talked about this in the past about how I, I don't really want reboots of shows. I'd rather they just do like a 30-second reunion commercial, and I thought that went very well again this year. I thought like the Suits guys were great. I thought uh, DeVito and uh, Schwarzenegger were great getting back together. There's, there's a whole bunch, a whole, and, and I like that this is kind of the, the opportunity that, that people are taking to have fun with these commercials because the, we all know the budget that's going into them. That they, they might as well try and do something with everyone. Did you did you have a favorite commercial that you saw? I think my favorite commercial was the Ben Affleck Matt Damon uh, with Tom Brady on the on the side. He was in a, in a couple of commercials, so. That one was uh was more towards uh towards my favorite. I, I I hear what you're saying, and they did a couple of those different TV, almost reunion sort of things. But I, I 
thought that they, they they tried to cram too much into one commercial. It's you know it's only thirty seconds, and it's just you, did you just get like as many celebrities as you possibly could, and then you're just like firing off jokes. It was almost like you're going for uh, for quantity over quality, rather than hey here's thirty seconds, here's three amazing jokes get in get out here's the logo go buy it boom it's just let's try to put 10 jokes in here and it just uh, i i had trouble where it just like the uh it was the doordash one where it was jennifer aniston and david swimmer where it could have just been them that would have been a good commercial that would have been funny but then they also had to have a, like a bunch of other celebrities in there and it's, it seemed like a waste to have those two in it if that wasn't the main payoff. Uh, I, I, I agree. My problem with all of this is they debut, they debut all these commercials. And I know that these commercials clearly be longer. Like you said, they could be kind of split up into all that. And I'm fine on the Super Bowl day of kind of combining them all, giving us a little taste of as many people as possible. But what I don't like is that these commercials then just re air for like the next six months. And I know that they could just like air each one of them individually. Like it could, like you said, just have a w- longer segment with just those guys on one, and then re-air the other one just to give me a little, little difference between all of them. I don't, I don't need, I don't need to watch the same ad a million more times just because that's all these people went into it and that was the budget that it had to pay for. But I, I, I liked, uh, I liked the Pluto TV, the couch potato one. I thought that was that was pretty smart. That was that was a little clever of like we're, we're breeding couch potatoes. They're, they're a real big fan of this. It's like yeah, no, that's that's funny. And the the Michael Sarah Sarah V was <laughs> Michael Sarah always has momentum. He'll never not have momentum. I, I, every time I, think, I see him, it's I, I great. Think, yeah, I think Arrested Development was was a big winner last night. I, I everyone was a winner. I, I I thought a lot of the commercials overall was good. Overall, I thought it was an excellent performance. Overall, I thought it was a good halftime show. I thought the commercials were fine. How how does Timo have so much money? It was I think Jesus had two two ads and Timo had three. I don't think anybody else had multiples and it was I, I it was a weird ad I, I I can't I have nothing to comment on the Jesus one that's going to earn us anymore <laughs> any more fans or credentials here it would just you know the, the, well that the, one we've seen they that, that, that's that been around for a while I was just comparing that the the, the Timo one had three and then basically everyone else just just had had one I mean Timo if you did you see that the uh the Dunkin Donuts one that I was talking about that they sold those uh jumpsuits the dunk kings jumpsuits this morning uh only 60 bucks and if you can imagine it so absolutely sold out uh, like immediately i'd i'd buy one would you rock one i'd wear one when would you wear it i'd probably for some miserable bet consequence of the future that's the only real <laughs> window i have so it's more of like i gotta line the outfits up for whatever the next nonsense is gonna be and that seems like oh that's funny you know boston sports guys wearing this uh, i'm I'm one of those guys. Let me be one of those guys. So like that, I, right? I I, I kind of get that, but then my thought was Halloween is too far away. I like I don't think this is gonna last long enough. And then it just I just couldn't think of what event is. It's like is it uh is it a basketball game? Is it uh a concert? A music festival? Like when when does this come up? And I think it's one of those purchases that you make and you're all excited because of all the hoopla from last night and then it sits in your closet and you never get an opportunity to actually pull it off all right anything else for the super bowl no i uh yeah i think i'll be rooting against the 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 chiefs next year but fun fun year of uh of football most of the time uh when i wasn't watching the patriots so really uh 
going to focus on the draft and really uh, try to come up with which quarterback I'm going to cr- crunch some some film and have a real uh, real opinion and actually have to pay attention to the draft and we'll have actual emotions really tied to it and how we uh, how we make our picks. The rumors of the Patriots trading back the three pick are like, all right, did we get rid of Belichick or did we not? Or did we just fire the guy but still listen to him? It's like, what are we doing? I don't, like, draft somebody. Don't. I don't want to hear the trade back stuff. All right, or do do we have a GM right now? I, I you know, there's a lot of questions out there. I keep seeing that we're hiring and keeping certain people, and it. I I'm not saying it can't work, or that I don't have faith in Mayo being able to kind of incorporate everybody. It just feels like we're getting a little new, a little old, a little real old, a little this, a little that, and I, I'm not, I'm not sure who's in charge. You're right. That, that's really the the problem right now. Is I don't hate any of the guys that we've hired. I just don't know who's really calling the shots. And it's there's probably a scenario where if we listen to one guy, we get this. We listen to one guy, we get that. And I I think that's going to be the problem of of taking turns on on who we're going with here. But that's so far away, and I'm so disgusted with the Patriots at this point of the season. So. Let's save that for when we really got to worry about it a little bit more. I don't need to. I don't need to get in that mood. For now, let's let's move on to a little NBA talk. The NBA trade deadline was last week. It was pretty much like we expected. I think it's fa- fairly quiet. Not necessarily the the biggest names being moved outside of I think earlier before the the actual deadline, a couple weeks before it was the OG trade. I think that was a bigger move, but. There was a couple. We're going to go through team by team here of the teams that I think improved the most or at least appear to be a little bit more of a threat in their appropriate conferences. Let's start with the Knicks. The Knicks are going to be adding Alex Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich from the Detroit Pistons. They didn't really give up a whole lot. They were able to get off the Evan Fournier contract, of which they weren't even playing him. They, they had Quentin Grimes. I think that's the only other like rotation guy that they really gave up. I'm... Not entirely sure what Detroit had to gain out of all this. I know one of the fears of Detroit having all of their guys on the market was that they are already a terrible team, and if they keep making trades, that they're going to be even worse and potentially might not even get to double-digit wins this year. But both of these guys weren't doing them any good on the Pistons. I was shocked that they were kind of able to get scooped up by the Knicks. But you know, the Knicks now have added Alex Burks, Boyan Bogdanovich, OG Ananobi, and Precious Achua over a couple trades where they really give up you know, quickly Barrett Grimes and Fournier. That's, that's a lot of good talent coming in that I, I kind of like that. I think pairs really well. I think you hope that you get the injury recovery out of a, uh, out of Mitchell Robinson and let's see what you got here. I mean, the, the Knicks are, I think in a really good position. I thought this was the best move and the team that got the best over the trade deadline. Do you agree? Or do you think there was a better player that was moved or a team that kind of improved a little bit more? I, I think this shows the, the Knicks are, absolutely going all in and in a way that is very uh unnicks like where i think that not that long ago they would have traded for dejounte murray they would have given up too much and we would have all laughed at him but this is a this is a roster building move not getting crazy but you're getting two rotation guys and yeah like you said they really didn't give up anything we didn't even mention you know they gave up I guess cash considerations. They play at MSG. They print money, and they gave up two future second round picks. That's basic. That's that's nothing. It's not even you name the players. Then you know on the other side, it's like well, and you know four first round picks. Like ah, okay, that wasn't the best. So I'm I I gotta imagine if uh, if I'm a Knicks fan, I'm really happy with this. It'll be interesting to see where they're they're going right now. They they have all these guys, and yes, on paper, I think it's it's pretty exciting, but. 
the injury bug has, has hit them very hard of, of recent. The, this all-star break couldn't come at a better time for them where it looks like OG's out, Randall's out. I think even Brunson's going to maybe potentially miss a game or two here. It, it's good to add some extra ball handlers. I think it's good to have some extra scoring, like a guy like Alex Burks and maybe a little bit more of a, a mature decision maker with Bogdanovich, who, again, none of these guys, I think, truly take away the ball from Brunson, which is the one advantage that has kept them alive all year. And all of these moves, I think, just complement him even more. So great move by them. There aren't a whole lot of trade deadlines where we come in here being like, look at New York go, man. What what a run. This is this is really going all in. You know, maybe another team is an injury away, and perhaps we take the Knicks a little, little bit more seriously. And then the defense of this team, I, I don't want to play this Thibodeau team. That that seems like the, the last thing I really want to deal with is, is a tough you know, team that has a whole bunch of guys like this. Uh, so- no, the last thing I want to deal with is the Miami Heat. The second one can be a, a Tibbs Knicks team, but no, the first thing is the Heat. I think they're they're stirring up a little bit of something here that feels very similar to the Miami team we've struggled with in the past. Now, we just faced Miami last night, and it wasn't the prettiest game. No Butler, but Celtics got the job done. I I don't I got them on the list. They're a little bit farther down on the list. They did do some moves. Let's just, let's stick in the order here. Right. OKC I thought made the second best move of the trade deadline. They're going to get Gordon Hayward. We're all familiar with Gordon Hayward in Boston in and out of the lineup with injuries again this year with the, with the Charlotte Hornets. But I I don't dislike Gordon Hayward. And I, and I do think that having a veteran for the thunder is certainly going to help this team. If they're going to try to make a playoff run, which they appear to be. I just also think like, who is he supposed to play over? They're so young. And if Hayward is supposed to play over someone, I don't really think that's much of an improvement. You know, they didn't really give up much, so they gave up Trey Mann and Michik and Bertans and two future seconds. But no, I don't know how much of the rotation those guys are. Like, is Gordon just going to have the Trey Mann minutes, like, or is someone else going to lose something? Well, Trey Mann uh, well, wasn't even he, – he was hurt for a while. So I, I don't think you could just, like, slide it into those minutes because those minutes didn't exist. Well – then, then who are you taking the minutes away from? I guess that's my only my thing right here. Is somebody's going to have to sit for Gordon Hayward, and I, I, it's it's weird to say that like the addition of him is almost like a subtraction because it kind of is. It's See, like, I, I don't I don't think so. The way that teams are are operating now, I mean, the, the teams at the at the elite level, which this is where OKC should OKC should be, all of a sudden where they're at the top of the West, is you're constantly resting guys, and I think. In the modern NBA, you're able to do this, where I agree with you not that long ago before just kind of constant rest happening. It, it is. like how, how is this guy going to fit? And it'll take care of itself, and guys will actually get injured, but I think you can easily, you know, back-to-back. Gordon Hayward, you know, doesn't play one of them, and somebody else isn't playing one of the other ones, and I think you could, I think you can find the minutes for someone like Gordon Hayward still. It also felt like they kind of got a position that they didn't need. Like, why didn't they go after, like, Daniel Gafford or, or a center or try to just scoop someone else? Or maybe they still will. I I just – I think this this team needed a, a body. They, they could have used Tillman. They could have used I, – I just think a, a big body. They could use Andre Drummond, somebody like that. And it's it's not even that I hate the, the value of Gordon. I just don't know if he's – if his skill set is really going to help this team a whole lot. And it's it's strange because I think, I think he's a solid player. I, I – I don't think he's going to close with this group either. Do you think he's going to start uh, finish the game in the fourth quarter? Like, is Gordon going to be out there? I don't think so. 
especially not from from the start. I think he's still coming coming off of an injury. But I, I think it might be more of the intangibles of having a guy that has been around the league for a while. They have their their team is just so young. I think it just has to help having an adult in the room, just a different opinion. I mean, not a different opinion, but just a different view. Just I, I feel like you hear it all the time on these, uh, you know, on these podcasts when you have the former players go on other players' podcasts talking about when they were a rookie or a young young guy and they're the vet or the veterans that showed them the ropes and did this and that. But if you don't have any veterans, who is showing you? Who is helping you get to that to that next level? And I think that having him there, I think he's you know had that terrible terrible injury he's been on a few different teams and just getting him out of charlotte and just saying hey guys you know how you're winning and this is fun and you guys like each other i've been on a team for years now that we are constantly in the lottery and it's awful do not take this for granted i like i I feel like i put myself in a situation where it's like i like gordon hayward but i'm gonna pick him apart right now what is the playoff experience that they're really adding with like what is he has. He doesn't have any. Like, what? What's what's the championship caliber stuff that he was dealing with? He was in that Boston messy season. I don't, no, that's that's why. You know, yeah, so, I said I said experience, but I didn't say I'd say playoff experience. I was very. I know, but I just think in general. I agree with that, but it's not the playoff. I, all right, it's it's definitely an addition. I just think that they they could have got someone with actual playoff experience as well this this whole time, but. It's a good Made move. A national championship. It's a good move. He's not going to break up the locker room, which is another thing you kind of got to be fragile with, especially being an older guy. And whatever voice he does take over in there, I don't think will hurt anyone else's voice. So that's that's definitely a pro of just who the professional of Gordon Hayward is. So like I, I'm with all that. I just I might have done something different here. Uh, all right, moving on. Dallas Mavericks. They're going to be adding two two key players right now. They're they're trading away. They're trading away every every pick they have. I don't I don't think they have anything left right now. <laughs> they're they're adding PJ Washington from the Hornets as well, who are just having the fire sale, and they're adding Daniel Gafford from the Wizards. The Wizards are going to get Rashad Holmes and a 2024 pick from OKC. The Hornets will get Grant Williams and Seth Curry, two guys that were big additions to Dallas not not too long ago, as well as a 2027 first round pick to Charlotte as well. I already saw the game with P.J. Washington and Daniel Gafford play. The Mavs looked immediately better. They looked so much faster. I, I think they might have lost out in some of the shooting, but the speed that they gained out of, out of both these guys and some of the aggression, aggressiveness from, from P.J. and from Gafford already, I thought impacted this team. And I already I already liked the trade. I didn't really love the deal on paper. I didn't think it was much of an improvement, but perhaps it was just enough of a new look that th- this Mavs team looked a little rejuvenated from it. And if you're the Hornets in Washington, I mean – you know, what do you care? I mean, what, what are we doing? You know, let's just let's let's get more picks. Let's rebuild all this. The Grant Williams one is fascinating. Again, being a familiar Celtic here, a lot, a lot of ex-Celtics getting traded here. Do we we get rid of all the guys at the right time? So I have Rozier earlier this this month, and now Grant and and Gordon get moved. I, I I feel a little bit for Seth Curry. I didn't know he's a Charlotte guy. Both the Currys we grew up there, and I just I think if Seth could do his career all over again that he's been traded way too many times for having some of the playoff success he's had. Grant, man, I, I is he ever going to change or like when does this get to a point that he's he's not going to be Grant? Is that like that's never not going to happen, right? So, I, what are we hoping for for Grant right now? Like, do I do you feel bad for him that he's now in Charlotte or is it more oh, of like you, you burned your way out of Boston, you kind of burned your way out of Dallas now? Oh no, he didn't burn his way out of Boston. He he was too good. We couldn't sign him. We couldn't afford him. 
Yeah, he was too loud of a voice. All right, let's not just the, the the money. I think it had much more to do that he played so well and did uh you know was uh especially like that that game seven against the Bucks, and I think that he he was leading the league in three point percentage and like for sure in the corners he was basically automatic, and I think that's what the the Mavs were hoping hoping to get and it just isn't quite working out. But I just see him as a guy. He's a it's different, but in a like a Draymond Green sort of mold that he has to be on a good team. If you do these antics on a, on a good team, you can get away with it, and it's oh this guy, you know, he cares all about winning. But you do this on Charlotte, it's it, it's gonna be goofy. It's it's not gonna work. I'm hoping that with the much lower stakes and expectations, maybe he can, you know, work work on some some other skills. Maybe maybe he can improve. Not a lot of people are gonna be watching that, but him and Seth Curry just would have thought. Not based on this year, but based on previous years, a contender would want both of those guys. You, you Maybe would... not as your – they're not going to be like your premier guys, but those these are like the around-the-edge guys that contenders pick up for that finals-type run. Well, maybe if Charlotte's lucky, they'll have that same value going into the offseason and potentially into the trading deadline next year. Or like you said, these could be assets just traded to, to the right teams that, that change their season and – Maybe don't really do a whole lot for the Hornets, but we we got we got to move on. We got some more teams here. All right, 76ers, they made a deal, three team deal. 76ers, Pacers, and Spurs. Big name on all this is Buddy Hield's going to the Sixers. I, I like the move for that. They didn't really give up a whole lot. They got Marcus Morris going to the Spurs, Korkmaz going to the the Pacers, McDermott going to the Pacers, and two second round picks going to the Pacers. Not giving up a whole lot and adding a shooter that already wanted out of Indiana. I don't really understand the entire Buddy Hill story, but I do understand the numbers of Buddy Hill shooting is really good. And that's what they got. They got a shooter that, that's going to be good from three. He's not the worst ball handler. I I don't know. He doesn't, again, doesn't have the whole playoff experience. I think that's the one weakness of all this. And I, I like the move that they didn't give up a whole lot because I think we still have the Embiid thing up in the air. If, if he doesn't come back, you know, what are, what are we really expecting out of this team? If he does come back, I think this is a great move especially for the cost of it. I I think them just adding another shooter is, is great. Whether they hold on to him for the next year, I have no idea. But if Embiid comes back, I like I like the move for going for it right now and just getting another guy that's going to shoot. I was a little shocked that Indiana held on to him for this long and then kind of doesn't really get anything for him. I mean, how long has Buddy Hill wanted out of Indiana or they, they he's been on the trading block of Indiana? Were you a little shocked that they kind of settled for it? I, I thought it was odd you know, it was definitely out there that he wanted a larger role, but I, I mean, they've, they've settled down at, at six, but they're a playoff team. And I, I thought he was getting, you know, at least enough run on a decent team. And it just seems like when you want out, it's like, well, why, 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 why do you want out? This seems like a pretty good situation. I think it should work in, uh, in, in Philly. I, it was, it's a more than a few years ago now, but uh, Joel playing with JJ Redick, it's, like that seems like the way you you help out these big men. How 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 are you able so Embiid doesn't get double teamed? You have a sharpshooter that you, you you're all right. You can double Embiid and prevent the two, but now you're opening yourself up for a three. Look, you know, look out. Uh, I'm surprised. I guess it, it, I, I guess it has more to do with the, the emotional part that Buddy Heald wanted out because looking at what the you know what the Pacers got, it's it's almost like the like the reverse. It's like they should have been getting a Buddy Heald type player, a guy that can help you right now, and you get 
Corkmaz, like he can, you know, he he could do like some stuff, like McDermott, like yeah, he's a a, a shooter that I guess you can replace some of Buddy Hields, and then twenty twenty four second round pick, so this year, and then a twenty twenty nine second round pick and some cash. It's like that that that's not a move that you make as a playoff team. I don't, I, I wouldn't think. I, I can't imagine Halliburton's thrilled about this. Look, I think all of these GMs think that they are Maury, uh, Daryl Maury who both in Houston, everywhere he's been, in all of the trades he's now been, has benefited from waiting. But this was a miss for, for Indiana. They held on to Buddy Hill for way too long. I know there was higher drafts. I know the Lakers were willing to give up a hell of a lot more a year ago that, that the league didn't want, want to happen because they, they didn't want the Lakers to get him. But it still was an offer that I think the Pacers would have rather had. I think Toronto made some of the same mistakes with OG and Anobi. I, I heard some crazy turndowns of rumors of, you know, what, four first-round picks they didn't want last year, something absurd. I don't know if that was true or not, but what they actually all ended up with wasn't wasn't anything near that, and it all it also just so delayed. It's like it, I feel like they kind of made up their mind that they were going to trade OG, they were going to trade Buddy Heald, they were going to trade a lot of these guys, you know, a year or two ago, maybe even longer than that, and then they didn't, and they ended up getting nothing for them. And they got nothing out of him really either while while he was staying there. I I don't understand it. The trade deadline's a weird thing where you're always trying to improve better, but I think sometimes you're just trading away the problems so, so they go away. And this wasn't even that much of a problem. It just just seemed like bad business. So I I would have I definitely wouldn't have wouldn't have given up for that, especially in division, especially to the Sixers too. Like if you didn't want to give them to the Lakers last year, how is this any better? I don't know. I didn't like the move, but but shout out to Philly for all that. All right, next couple ones are a little little smaller ones here. I wrote down the Bucks. They they basically the, the Bucks and Sixers swap Pat Bev and campaign. I I don't know why either team said yes to this. I think if I'm the Bucks, I think I'd much rather have Pat Bev than than campaign. And if you're the Sixers, I'm not sure why you didn't want to why you want campaign and what you really really got out of all of this. But Pat Bev going to the Bucks and maybe giving a little bit more of a defensive identity on certain lineups. I think it's good. You know, we pick on Lillard all you want. If there's certain points of the game where they're able to, you know, maybe rest Lillard and put in Pat Bev and really crank up that defense for a little bit, that's that's the lineup that I think you got to reckon with. I mean, you're going to be picking and choosing with some of the offense here, but I kind of quietly thought this was a really good move for Milwaukee. And reuniting with Doc Rivers and Pat Bev, that seemed to be a pretty solid relationship here. I, I mean, I just mentioned how the Sixers got something for free. I don't know why they gave up this guy for free. Again, in addition that they added earlier this year, what, what's what's going on here? We're making moves in the summer and moving them by the trade deadline. Is that is that normal? This is like the second team I've said that about. I think Patrick Beverly rubs people the wrong way a lot more than Grant Williams rubs rubs people the wrong way. And I, as a Celtics fan, am a big fan of him going to the Bucks, where he he can't score. I don't even think he's playing like that many minutes anymore. And I saw in his first game, he grabbed the clipboard and he's writing up on it for uh, for Brooke Lopez. Like awesome. You know how they got rid of their uh, their coach and the whole team seemed happier? This seems like you bring in Patrick Beverly and everyone again goes, oh, awesome. All right, let's deal with this guy that comes in and on day one is drawing up plays and throwing stuff on the whiteboard. I think I think he's going to drive him crazy. All right, this is, this is the only team that really has driven me crazy over the past couple of months now, the, the Toronto Raptors. They, they've given up for, they do the OG trade which again I said they, they totally messed up on what they could have gotten last year and what they ended up with this year it's fine all right had to move on from right they do the Siakam trade it's almost like the same thing it's like I, I think they could have gotten more I've heard rumors of, of better offers and what they actually ended up getting not so great but they make some more moves 
of which they get Kelly Olynyk from from Utah, which I, again I don't understand. I no one else really wanted him. Maybe they couldn't afford him, but with the, with this price range, it seems like anyone could have probably had him. Why are the Raptors adding a Kelly Olynyk, Abaji, and Spencer Dinwiddie for for anything right now? Like, are we are we rebuilding? Are we blowing up? What are we doing? Like, none of these guys. <laughs> are really terrible enough to make you add for some losses, but they're not good enough to really build between anything. I, I'm I'm completely lost. I don't know where Toronto is. They're obviously not that great of a team this year. They're 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 probably not going to be in a playing game. I, what, what is the record right now? They are nineteen and thirty four and not looking great. But again, all these moves. What are we doing next year with these guys? Are we, we just trying to clear up cap space for, for no one else? Ooh, there. Ding, ding, ding. Right there. For who? Who's coming to Canada? Are they just trading for every Canadian, hoping they can resign them? They're just trying to open things up. So, Kelly Olenek, free agent next year. Spencer Dinwiddie, they uh, uh, they bought him out. He's 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 on the Lakers. I, I think this was this was not a basketball. This was a business. We are maneuvering to get ready for future trades future signings but this was not basketball related i don't see it for toronto i don't know why they who they expect to do all this i'm i thought their gm has pulled off some miracles of the past and that championship will will always be there but this is they're going through a different era right now and it's gonna be a rough one and i like scotty barnes and they'll probably be able to do something with him at some point but i I don't like the direction they're going. I don't think they've bought it out enough, and I think they they, they traded for some weird guys. I, why why did Kelly go somewhere else? You don't think that that, that could have made some sense doing something somewhere else? I thought somebody was gonna be was gonna be interested in him, uh, a, a contender. But maybe you're right. Maybe he he was too expensive. All right, a couple little side notes here. Just just minor things. I don't have all the details on the trade, but the Wolves are gonna be adding. Monty Morris, the Suns are adding Royce O'Neal, Celtics are going to be adding Xavier Tillman and Jaden Springer. All all solid moves. Uh, the Royce O'Neal to the Suns is is Kevin Durant. This is like J.R. Smith to LeBron. Like he just he's got to have his Royce O'Neal with him. Like is that <laughs> do, do whatever we got to do to keep KD happy? I I'm not sure who Royce is going to play over. I think Grayson's like kind of the perfect role for what Royce has always tried to be. But again, I I guess I guess that's their guy and. Uh, the C's just getting a big man. That's that's what we need to do, right? We just just add a little bit more depth and nothing nothing super expensive here. We we did a little cap thing too for, with some moves and stuff here. But um, oh, you I, didn't see that we got uh, Jaden Springer from the 76ers? I I I, I just Tillman. I think will actually break rotation and probably play. Is, is Springer is he playing? We just have a guy. Is it just a name on a roster? Uh, he he's he's a little dinged up, but. I think it's going to be, you know how we had those guys at the very end of the bench and when there's like a real big blowout, I don't think it's really going to move the needle either way. But I think with the way that we are set up to be contenders, we just need some of these young guys that do in like blowouts just have to eat some minutes and maybe there's some sort of miracle like, hey, this guy made a jump and he can sort of crack the rotation because we can't afford to sign anybody else, and we really can't, especially if we get this second apron next year. It's like we're just going to need some some young guys, and you know, some just uh, like the more lottery picks, uh, the the better. Well, those are really all of the trade deadline moves. Like we went through pretty much all of them. I'm sure there's some minor little little things here, a couple weird picks and cash things here and there, but those are all of them. Which means there's a couple teams that didn't make any moves that I think everyone expected to make some moves 
I don't want to get too much into it on the Lakers. I think that's already overblown on the national media. But the fact that they did nothing, I, does that say that we're not always we're not all in on LeBron, or that we've already made our moves in the summer and that we're happy with it? I think that one's a little head scratching. The more head scratching one is that the Bulls, who I think everyone's already traded every single one of their players to every other team, and I didn't think they should blow this up. I still think their their best bet is to keep everything together here. But again, they do they do nothing. You know, no Caruso. I thought Levine to the Pistons was going to be a little weird thing that might happen. That doesn't happen. So basically, the Bulls are bringing back all of the problems they had this year to deal with it all again next year, and just hope that maybe some health turns it around. I get a little head scratching. I, I or maybe the deal wasn't out there, but I just listed all the teams that had these value these trade rumors for certain players this year. A lot of trade rumors for a lot of Bulls next year. If they just trade them next year for nothing, I think this is a huge miss. So. What are you supposed to do? The Magic, are, are they not taking this seriously? I mean, we're talking about the OKC going for it this year. Are we what, – what, what are we doing here? Like, did you did you think they had to make a move or were they just not ready? Isn't this all Cuban where he he's, he's about to leave? So it's like, all right, I'm going to make all the moves now. Uh, the Magic. Magic. Sorry, I said Mavs. Magic. Oh. Orlando Magic. I, I, think, the Mag- I think the Magic are too young. I, I think that they're – they're they're fun, they're uh, ahead of their expectations a little bit, but I don't think you make a make a crazy move right now. Where I think OKC is good enough to do it, I think with the Magic, it's just you, you don't want to do too much. I, I I I don't think that you can really move the needle. I mentioned the Magic and the Bulls. Wasn't too long ago that they actually made a trade between each other. It's a little bit more complicated than Wendell Carter for Vucevic, but I'm just saying if we were to undo that trade and put them back where they once were. I think both these teams are better off. I, I think the Bulls originally needed Vucevic for the roster they thought they were going to have, but without Lonzo and w- without a whole bunch of other guys, and you know, Crusoe was in and out a whole lot last year, I, I think they very much would have benefited a lot more from uh, having just Wendell Carter out there. Just a bigger guy. He maybe doesn't shoot quite as much, but is just a better defender. And the Magic, I think they would have benefited from Vucevic, having a mature veteran out there right now that could shoot the three and spread, out, spread the ball out for them. I, did did we mess up here? I mean, <laughs> I I would undo this trade, and I think both teams would be better off right now. Is that is that like crazy or is that? I I think that trade was too long ago, and I think too much stuff has happened in the in the in between. Where if you undo it, then even even the uh, even the picks change. It's like well, then you don't have you know Paulo, and then you don't have some of some of these other guys and so i i think it's it's all too intertwined to go back where this trade wasn't done like last year but i agree with you where i don't know why the bulls weren't more on board with hey let's uh l- l- let's sell some of this stuff uh, especially with zach levine being hurt but I, I don't know i guess they really love being in the the bottom half of the the play-in tournament well we'll see where they go all right anything else for the trade deadline nope i uh I, I, all, all the big trades happened o- over the summer, kind of coming in. We knew probably wasn't going to be uh, too much. I think only the, the last thing to mention that was probably a surprise for a big name was uh, uh, the Hawks didn't trade uh, DeJounte Murray. I didn't find a real good home for him either. Like I didn't find anywhere that was like, yeah, no, they, they, they really could use DeJounte Murray because they still got to give up something. It, it, there wasn't like nobody was going to get him for nothing and, I think they just couldn't find a team that could sacrifice what they were going to have to give up that it actually benefited them of, of taking it on. I don't know. All right, this weekend, 
NBA All-Star Weekend. I'm not excited. I, I, I don't know how you get excited for this anymore. I'm enjoying just some time off from, from sports this, this upcoming week is really what's going to be happening. We have some contestants. You, you mean you mean uh, a three-point contest between Steph and Sabrina is not getting you, you know, up up onto the couch? I You know what? I'm not going to tune into all of this until the dunk contest is first and the three-point contest is last. They should close it with the three-point contest. We're a three-point shooting league. We have players that can shoot the three. We have guys in the dunk contest who aren't even in the league. I, you know, so what are we doing here? We're just we're just show, showing amateurs. We're gonna show amateurs. Just get like Team Flight Crew and the Globetrotters out there to put on a real show. We don't we don't need the NBA guys that aren't even in the NBA to try and put on a show for us. It's 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 kind of embarrassing, but it hasn't been the greatest contest in the past. I just think the three point thing is a little bit more exciting and a little bit more competitive of seeing actual well, guys on. and names I've seen before. What? What if I told you it was going to be in a football stadium? Would that change your mind? Would that make it more interesting for you? But so that there's just going to be more tickets sold for worse seats to view? Yeah, that that sounds worth yes. it. Yes, yes. You mean you're not going? I'm no, shocked. no going. Shocked. I'm not even. I don't even think I'm going to watch. I think this is made to watch the next day. This is like late night TV right now, where you just watch it on YouTube the next day. So is that what I'm hearing is that you have cleared your schedule for Saturday specifically for college basketball the whole day. I was going to let you make some picks and then, then we can do college basketball. Do you, you have a dunk okay. contest winner, a three-point contest? I, I, I wrote down some names. I'll, I'll let you go first, seeing how you're a little bit more enthusiastic about it. Uh, I think that Paulo is going to win the, the Rising Stars uh, MVP. I was thinking uh, – Wemby is uh, Euro- European, and it just seems like those guys, they just, this whole thing, like, just have no interest. But Paulo is on the rise. This is his first All-Star game. He's playing with, like, the young guys early, so I think he's going to win that. Uh, for the, uh, the the skills challenge, I actually am going to go with the, uh, the the young the young picks because I think that they are just going to care more. Did you see how they're, they're breaking up the skills uh, competition this year? I did. I'm going to go with the all-star team, which is probably the players that aren't going to care in Barnes, Maxie, and Young. But I, I think these are they're always... at least younger. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the, the team top picks. And I, I just think that Paulo and Wemby are young enough, and Anthony Edwards, I just think he'll just he'll be involved enough where I think, like, the Pacers, it's, I, I just don't see them I know really, really happening. It's, it's going to sound weird to say, but... It's almost like you got to pick the shooters that are better shooting cold because nobody's really getting loose for all this. And I think all the no. young guys you just mentioned, they got to get loose to kind of read shooters. They're not spot shooters like I think Maxine Young will be a little bit more set at that. And they could totally not take it seriously. You're, you're right. I could fall into that trap. I just think the lazier spot-up shooters are, are Maxine Young versus the other guys out there are a little bit more jump-jump shooter kind of guys. But. The only reason I went with that could totally backfire with me. Uh, who, who'd you go with the three-point contest? Uh, for the three-point contest, I'm going with Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, it's his team's uh, all-star venue. So I will, I guess, I guess actually, no, it's not because they're playing it at the football stadium for, I don't know why, but uh, it is his hometown. So I think he's going to have like a little bit more juice and just a little more focus. And I think if he, I think he's going to be a little more plugged in than the other guys. I will be rooting for him, and I will be so happy if he does win. I just don't think his jump shot form really translates to the three-point contest. I'm going to go with Cat. I think it's the only trophy he's ever going to hold up, so let him hold up another one. I just 
I think he he cares about it way too much, and it's stupid. But let him have it; it's fine. I I'd love to see Jalen Brunson or Laurie get get in there, and I and like I said, I think Halliburton would be the best story if it, if it does happen. But I'm gonna go with Carl Anthony Towns. It's stupid, but I I think he looks like the best shooter actually out there for this sort of contest. All right, close it out. Dunk contest. Who are you going with? Got to go with Jalen. How can I not go with Jalen? He's on the Celtics. He is a actual all-star that is actually going to participate. When was the last time that that happened? We have to be celebrating this. We talk about this and we complain. Oh, nobody wants to do this. Nobody wants to do this. We got to make sure that we celebrate it. We say, Jalen, this is awesome. Even if he goes out there and doesn't have the, the, the best effort and McClung does some crazy dunk, it's like, yeah, well, that's cool. He's, he's in the G League. He, he doesn't play in the, in the real NBA where Jalen does, and he has had some big dunks this year. I don't think he's going to be much of a uh, – of a dunk contest dunker, but if, if we if we collectively on the internet dunk all over him, then no one will ever do this. So I think we just have to lower the bar a little bit, see what he does, and just you know encourage people, and then we can have more of the actual all stars doing this. It's a good thing Jalen Brown's actually good at basketball because he is not going to win this dunk contest. It's, I don't think he's even going to make it out of the first round. Butterfingers Jalen is going to turn over this ball and miss more dunks in that first round than any of these other guys out there. That's that's Jalen, and that that's fine. I I want to I want to celebrate this like you said. This is this is definitely a step forward and kind of proved me wrong. Like hey, they got a name, they got a guy. I, you know, Hawkes again, rookie, solid player. He's actually in rotation. He's at least on an actual team. He's playing. Yep. So those those two names, for sure. We get more guys like that in here. That's great. More young guys that. Like like Hawkeye specifically, I think that's normally where you're able to pull these guys out of. Is I think I think the problem is that McClung and Toppins I think are the best dunkers in the contest. They're just not actually like really NBA players. So what what are we doing here? Like I I think those guys should beat the other guys in a dunk contest, but they don't even deserve to be on a roster, and they're not even really on one. So what are we doing here? This is a, such a weird contest. I hope it's entertaining. I hope I hope you come back next week and you're like yeah. Look at all the content we got all out of all this. You know, no football next week. This is going to go quick, and there's going to be a whole bunch of days off with no NBA games. It's going to be nothing but college. But I would love to. I would love for this night to actually mean something. I would love for the actual All Star game to be just even relevantly close to that in the fourth quarter. I feel like I have to actually watch. But I'm hoping for a whole lot. I'm hoping for so much. All right, is that it for all this? Are we going to move on to some college? Uh, do you have a? Uh... All-Star Game MVP pick? I don't. I didn't I didn't do that. I didn't write that down. Uh, who'd you go with? I'll, I'll do something quick here. Uh, I'm going to go with LeBron. Uh, he, he's on quite the run of consecutive All-Star uh, appearances, but he's just he, – he's only – he's not getting any younger, and just at some point, one of these injuries is going to happen in the first half of the year, and it's going to be crappy – and he's not going to make it. So I think he realizes that. I think that the Lakers have been struggling, and he's looking for a way to kind of get some positive uh, positive attention his way. And I think that he will uh, really make sure that he shows up and make sure that everybody knows that he's he's playing. Uh, maybe I'll go with the hometown guy in uh, Halliburton. Maybe, maybe, he'll, uh, okay. maybe he'll have some fun. I Like I said, I don't think the three-point contest. A little small, but okay. I think he can have a lot of cool alley-oop passes, and I think he can get hot from three in-game. I just don't think he's a – he's not a catch-and-shoot set guy with the with the, the contest. I didn't think he has the quickest shot like that. But I I could be completely wrong. I've, I've been wrong about this before. I just 
there's certain guys I think shoot better in game, and I think he could be a lot of fun to have out there as well with a couple passes and some fancy layups and some some deep threes and like a whole football stadium behind him, you know. And so let's let's see what happens. No all star game they're playing at the at where the Pacers play. It's just the the Saturday night stuff that's at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. What an organized event, making them travel. All right, let's move on to the actual amateurs, not just the dunk contest. College basketball, huge week for some teams, a traumatizing week for others. Do I do I get my minute right now? Is this is this it? Go for it. Michigan State, we did it. We we called it. I did. Illinois goes down. The rumor is we're going dancing now. I I don't know if I feel like we are a qualified team. The the, the Kempom continues to support us, which is mind baffling. It, it's really really a reminder of how much I don't understand math and statistics that the fact that Michigan State does not agree with my eye test so I'm I'm happy I'm glad we got the win it's definitely nice to be a little bit more relevant if we could string together a couple more and if we could show up at this end of the end of the season tournament here I'll feel a little bit better about it but we need we need a couple more wins against some good teams to make me feel like we didn't just get lucky this week because they're always kids and some games they show up and some games they don't so Good for us. Not so great for some of the other teams across the country. Whose woes do you want to start with? Kentucky? Duke? Think. What are you talking about? We won both games, and we covered the spread. Kentucky? <laughs> yeah, Duke, Duke, was, Duke was just fine. We didn't move up. We didn't move down. I'm fine with that. We we covered the spread, but just barely. Neither team that we played was uh, was very good. We got a big one tonight. Uh, Wake Forest coming to our place. They kind of started uh, rough, but they've 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 come back on. Yeah, I definitely think that Kentucky, uh, Kentucky and Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin more is it seems to be in, in an absolute free fall. But Kentucky, they just cannot play defense. At the beginning of the year, they were fine. They had all the guards, and then they've gotten three seven footers, all legitimate guys, all guys that can play. But somehow their defense has gotten substantially worse. I think in Ken Palm, they're over – it's like 126, and just it, – it's baffling. Uh, I, I think that Cal will be able to make some tweaks. It's just a matter of when because it's it's February now. Saturday. Close to the middle of February. And Saturday, they're going to Auburn, and Auburn is good this year. I marked it down. I got Kentucky winning. That's my game of the week. That's going to be there. They, they turn things around. That's the one. That's the one where it's like, all right, they're going to score like 120 points, and, and Auburn will probably have like 92. But it, it's going to be I, – I just think that there's going to be an offensive explosion at some point where Kentucky's like, all right, if, if we're either going to get our act together defensively or we're going to remind the rest of the league of the offensive powerhouse that they, they have been and could be this year, Auburn – Auburn's good. I, I, they they took care of Alabama. I mentioned that last week. That really wasn't as much of a game as I wanted it to be. But I just I just think Kentucky is at a point where they've reached a point of desperate desperity. They just they're the more desperate team right now, and I just wouldn't want to play them this week. And that that's the only reason I'm picking them. They got to get desperate at some point, and that would be a real statement win to try to turn turn things around because they are going to be there's not, they're not going to be a double digit underdog, but. I mean, Kentucky's not an underdog very often, and they, they definitely will be. Well, we do get quite the lineup on Saturday there. I mean, Marquette could hopefully give UConn a hell of a game Saturday. Oklahoma, Kansas. That was on is also, my list. Oklahoma, Kansas is also Saturday. Like, we got some ranked games here. This could really, you know, make for some seasons and break some other seasons. But 
I, I just I would love to see UConn at least struggle for for a second. Like it's it's been pretty good for a while now, and uh, I, I mentioned Kansas kind of being fake news recently, but they they could easily get their act together against Oklahoma this week. Uh, what, what other games do you have there? I, I'm I'm spoiling it a bit. Those were those were my three main ones. Uh, some other news you mentioned how Michigan State upset Illinois. Uh, they went from last week. I mentioned it. They got one AP vote. Now they have 17. I don't think you guys are an absolute lock for the tournament, but after the terrible start that you had, you're in imposition. Like I, I think you don't even have to win out or do anything crazy. Like you're still gonna have some losses. You don't even have to, you know, really make a a statement in the, the the Big Ten tournament. If you're just fine the rest of the way, I think that you're you're gonna sneak in. You can easily improve your seed. If you do go on quite a run, because you still have some pretty big matchups ahead of you. Uh, wanted to mention uh, Indiana State ranked for the first time since Larry Bird played there. So a long time. And if you haven't come across him, they have a guy named Robbie Avila. I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce that last name. But he is, uh, I'm going to call him a, a doughier uh, white white guy, uh, bigger, that has uh, um, had rec specs. I've heard him referred to as a uh, cream Abdul Jabbar. There's been some other uh, pretty funny uh, nicknames, and I think that if they get in the tournament, and if they're you know they're ranked, they got a, they got a decent shot. If they you know get an upset, or if they're in a close game, this guy is going to take America by storm. He, he just he, he's got this very unique look about him. Well, we're getting to that point in the year where there's no more football next week. We basically have no NBA no more games. football at all. There's not next week. Not the next week after, not next month. As well as next week, we won't have any NBA games outside of this silly all-star stuff. So that that's it's going to be rough. It's going to be college basketball central is what I'm saying. Coming into next podcast, we're we're going to have – hopefully all these games are great because that that's going to be the content. We're not going to have much else. All right, anything else in college basketball until next week? Nope. I, like I said – you see, I got Wake Forest tonight. I'm taking it very seriously. All right, let's close this out with a little little streaming network, a little little merger, a little sports app stuff. Uh, Disney, Fox, and Warner Brothers are expected to launch launch a sports app in unison. It'll essentially be a skinny bundle of Hulu Live minus the Paramount and Peacock networks and CBS and C- and NBC. I'm not sure this is going to entirely work. I do think that this does kind of benefit the consumer of just having, again, a a smaller tier to the channels you could have. This is, this is basically like it's a Disney, Fox, and Warner Brothers. This is that that max whatever you're seeing right there, ESPN Plus and whatever Fox games kind of merging into one. I'm, I'm hearing $40, $50 a month, so it's... It's within range of, of some of the other ones. It's not quite as much as getting all of them, but I don't know if this is for people that don't already have it or people to downgrade or or, or what. I'm 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 not like I think that's that's the biggest struggle right now. Is this, it seems like if you wanted to stream sports, you would already have Hulu Live or YouTube TV or Sling TV or you'd have standard cable. If you wanted to save some money, I, I guess this is a little bit of an option, but you don't get all of the games. Like you wouldn't have gotten the Super Bowl this weekend under this package, and you you wouldn't have gotten the NBC game under this package, and you won't get the Amazon Prime games under this package. So it's still a little limiting, and 
we'll see if it actually pans out and goes forward. But if you're a college kid, I, I could certainly see the appeal of like, all right, well, I can only afford 50 bucks a month. How, what does that give me? He at least gets you this, and that's that's not bad. Uh, are you interested in this at all, or do you think you might have been at a certain point in time? Definitely have to see how it all gets rolled out. Uh, I'm definitely a little bit confused when it said that Disney, Fox, and Warner Brothers were combining because I thought that Disney bought uh, Fox like a, a few years ago. So that was a little confusing once that kind of hit me. Uh, I think this is very much more old school cable trying to bind together to prevent just getting absolutely destroyed by Amazon uh, or by one of these, by maybe Apple or some of these other tech companies that are just printing money. And I think that they realize we got to stick together. We have to do something. I'll be interested to hear what they decide to call it. I agree with you that for football is really not that good because you're missing like a good chunk. You're missing a good chunk of the games. So maybe they're really going to advertise it more for basketball because I think it is pretty good for basketball, both NBA and college. And so if you're going, going more and more of the college route, you know, that, that might be, that would be the way, the way to go. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what the price point is because you got to really hit, hit the sweet spot. Cause like you said, all right, here are all these services. Here's what I want to watch. Like how, how am I going to, to, to divvy this up? So, I think there's that point of it as well as I don't think I will want to be one of like the early people that jump in because you can really make a break with these is if you're good. YouTube TV is good. They make it very easy. You go, all right, here's here's the live. It knows what you watch. It's right there. You you can record. And then there's some other apps. I think that uh, ESPN Plus through Hulu, that's pretty uh, pretty good. ESPN, their app, I feel like hasn't been updated in a while and is clunky. And I, I, I like the way you can go from the ESPN app looking at the scores and go. But I think they're really going to have to make sure that this works. And it maybe, maybe with this being solely focused on the sports part of it, not, hey, you're going to get Disney Plus with this. And, you know, you can you can get Max with this. Like, no, no, this is just the sports parts of this that they will figure out the I want to watch two games at once, and I want to alternate between the two of them very quickly. Make it happen. So, so the couple, same way you used to be able to do it with a remote, how can you do that on an app? There's a couple things with it being uh, specifically advertised as a sports app. I don't know if that's actually going to be entirely true. What it will be is access to the sports channels, I think. And so you'll get TNT, you'll get Fox, but I believe you'll still be able to watch those channels on their regular programming as if it was cable. You will just only have those oh, channels. Oh, okay. They're trying to generate eyes on not just the sports content, but on those actual channels. And on those, live content. And then those, Yeah, those, so this live content of those channels will still be available, I believe, through all of this. Disney has already announced and has big plans that next year, I mean, we'll see if it actually happens. It's supposed to be Disney Plus and Hulu will develop into its own app and potentially ESPN Plus will get its own thing. This might eventually turn into the new ESPN Plus app, this merger of, of these. I, I don't know what they're going to call all of it. It might turn into a different name into all that, but this this also feels like Disney kind of just dipping its toe in, in these app things and merging with some of them while they develop their own and improve on their own, which I don't think they it have. It's still... It is still so confusing 
that if you have access to ESPN, that does not mean that you have access to ESPN Plus and vice versa. I think you know, we, you and I, we, we've been involved in the sports for so long, but trying to explain that to somebody else, it, it's like you're trying to teach them like a, a foreign language. It's it's almost impossible. So I, I just really hope that this makes it easier for sports fans. I don't think it does, but I do think it gives them another option if you're on top of the game and familiar with the game that's being played here and know what you need to watch and specifically what you need to watch, this could possibly fit you a very specific market. Like if you know your needs, like you said, if you're a college basketball guy and you don't really care about anything else, you could save a little bit of money if the app is functional. Like That's that's key. It still has to reach certain minimums, but I imagine they will. That's really the only market for this. I just don't know how many people are in that in that market. Like they said, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And then it's also that they... The people that they may end up cutting away from this may not be the YouTube TV people. It may just be standard cable people, of which that's kind of a loss for them anyways, like because they want people to watch that. So I I don't know if they're going to be just taking I, away from themselves. I think they have themselves. to realize that there's not a lot of standard cable people around anymore. So I think that this is a – might be a little bit late, but it is a forward future move that they feel they have to make now. I would, and I, I think it, they think if they wait that they will miss out. What I don't entirely understand and that I just don't think it's fair – is that they are coming together and making this skinny bundle, but they would never offer that to DirecTV, any cable company, or anything else saying, hey, why don't you just take this and offer it for this, and we'll charge you that. They're not giving them any of that benefit of being able to offer different bundles. They're still forcing those companies to buy every single channel and then sell it at whatever price. Like I, I don't know if that would have been the easier route or if it's truly they're just taking advantage of however they can. I just... That doesn't seem right to me that they're they're able to do that, but maybe that's just the the power of the hand there that they hold. So we'll keep an update on all that. It's it's certainly confusing. It won't be as confusing as NBA All Star Weekend, where we have to decide that the guy that's not playing in the NBA or the guy that's not even on an NBA team is suddenly going to win the dunk contest. And it happened last year, and the world didn't end. I don't think it's the direction we should be going, and it seems like we have no interest in shying away from it. It was fine one year. If you have an off year, sure, do it. And the guy's got to defend his crown. I get it, but I, I guess I just don't want Toppins in there too, but I guess I want a guy just like Toppins to be in there, so it's I can't have it both ways. I want I want a young gun that's going to you know actually be athletic and, and take some chances and try and actually have a crazy dunk, but I also want them to be in the NBA and be a player that I've maybe heard of or an average person maybe have heard of. It's, it's a lot to ask for. I get it. We'll see what I end up with next week. Anything you want to add for the people out there? Celtics still got a couple of games this week. I'd like to uh, finish the pre-All-Star break strong. It's kind of got that second semester senioritis, so hopefully they stay focused, get a couple more wins, and really propel this season along. All right, we'll be back next week. Go Celtics. Go Michigan State. Anything else? You want, you want, you want let's to, go Duke. Let's go Duke. All right, there you go. We'll be back next week. <laughs> Little column A, little column B.